At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. And breaking news, Aaron Judge is good at baseball. Yeah, the uh, overwhelming favorite for the American League and most valuable player award was added again, lasting his 44th home run of the year in the Yankees' win in Seattle against the Mariners, a much-needed win. For the Yankees as they snap their losing skid at five games. Judge leads all of Major League Baseball with the 44 home runs. And with his 98 RBIs, he also leads baseball in that category. His slugging percentage is 677, which leads Major League Baseball. His OPS, 1068, which leads Major League Baseball. Judge has 122 hits on the season. That is sixth in baseball. He is batting uh, 303, I believe now, which is 11th in Major League Baseball. But number one in home runs, number one in RBIs, number one in slugging, number one in OPS. Judge, uh, your runaway American League most valuable player. And um, the Yankees, I mentioned an important win. They needed this in the worst way, not because they were in danger of losing any type of lead in the division or a a hold on the one or two seed in the American League. No, they're getting that. Like the Yankees are winning the East. They'll be a top two seed. It's going to be a battle between them and the Astros to see who is the one seed versus who is the two seed. But they're both going to be one and two respectively. And which means they'll get the bye and they'll just go right to the division series. They won't be playing in that wild card round. But the Yankees were approaching a territory here that there was starting to be some whispers of concern. No panic button time, not nobody, you know, doubting them and 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 their chance to go to the World Series and win the World Series. But some flaws started to surface over this losing streak, right? Garrett Cole hasn't been the elite ace Cy Young contender that he was. Other starters had some issues. You know, Jamison Tyone was not pitching well, and uh, Frankie Montas comes over from the A's and 
was expected to uh, be a big player in this rotation. His first start didn't go well. The bullpen having um, his, having their issues. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, the Yankees were the best team in Major League Baseball. The Yankees had the best record. The Yankees were on pace to shatter the record season set by the 2001 Mariners. That's not the case anymore. And if you look at the last however many days it's been, um, the Yankees actually, since June 24th, had a worse record than the Kansas City Royals. I mean, just think about that. Since June 24th through yesterday, the Kansas City Royals were 19 and 22. The Yankees were 18 and 21. That's how bad the Yankees have played since June 24th. So, over the course of a little over a month of baseball, that is what, um, 41 games? Over, like, you know, let's just round it to 40, but over the course of that month, little over a month stretch, 40 somewhat days, the Yankees have a, had a worse record than the Kansas City Royals. They needed this win in the worst way, and they need to go on a little bit of a run here to restore some confidence. So, coming off of the sweep at the hands of the Cardinals, continuing this road trip now in Seattle, Yankees will send Garrett Cole to the mound against Luis Castillo. It's the same matchup that we saw last week when the Mariners won 7-3 to when they scored six runs off of Garrett Cole in the top of the first inning on three home runs. The big issue coming from that game was Kyle Higashioka was catching for Garrett Cole. And the numbers speak for themselves when it comes to Kyle Higashioka catching versus uh, Jose Trevino catching with Garrett Cole. This season, if you look at Garrett Cole's splits by catcher, with Trevino catching Garrett Cole's numbers in 14 games, a 2.74 ERA. He has allowed opponents' batting average of 193. He has given up 12 home runs, but in 14 games. With Kyle Higashioka catching in eight games this year, Garrett Cole has an ERA of 5.27. Opponent's batting average of 250 allowed nine home runs in those eight games. When the Yankees lineup comes out on Tuesday, I would be shocked if it's not Trevino behind the plate. And as long as it is, you can be comfortable betting the New York Yankees at a reduced price on the road 
against Luis Castillo because it will now be the third time that the Yankees are seeing Castillo this season. And I think that they'll be able to get to him this third time. Yankees and Mariners uh, Tuesday night line is Yankees minus 130. Uh, We'll talk plenty more about that game when we get into the rest of the Major League Baseball board for Tuesday coming up a little later on, uh, a little about half an hour or so from now. Uh, Coming up about 10 minutes, we'll be joined by our very own Dan Leach. Uh, You see him all across the network. Dan hosts the uh, Detroit City cast for us, presented by Bet Rivers. Uh, So we're definitely going to talk a little uh, Lions football. And I want to ask about Michigan as well. Uh, If you're not aware, college football is starting sooner than we know. It's only less than three weeks away, the start of the college football season. The college football betting guide available right now. If you are a VEASAN subscriber, so go download it and start your preparation for the season. But the coaches poll came out. And in looking at the coaches poll, Alabama's number one, no surprise there. Ohio State is number two. Georgia's number three. All right, you want to flip-flop Georgia and Ohio State? I got no problem. They're the three best teams in college football. Clemson's number four. I understand it. Maybe I might have changed some. I don't know. I don't know if I would have changed it. Notre Dame is five, and Michigan is number six. Now, Michigan is coming off of a playoff run and the best season that they have had under Jim Harbaugh. But Michigan also comes into this year with a little bit of instability. Remember last week we talked to our very own Steve Mackinnon who wrote about his uh, stability rankings in the college football betting guide. They have new coordinators on both sides of the football. And I think losing Josh Gaddis on the offensive side, he was their offensive coordinator last year, I think losing him is a big loss for this team. Because Michigan's offense looked really good over the past couple of seasons with uh, Josh Gaddis there. It kind of changed the way that Michigan went about their offense. Much more spread out. Much more uh, downfield passing. We saw what McNamara was able to do at quarterback in this offensive system. And losing him, he's now at Miami, losing him I think is is a bigger blow than people are talking about. And so while I see Michigan based off of last year and maybe looking at their schedule and people thinking, all right, this team is should be the sixth best team in college football this year, I don't necessarily agree. And uh, maybe the number six ranking next to them in the coaches poll is um, a little bit uh, inflated. And when the Associated Press comes out with their preseason, um, you know, top 25 rankings, I would not be shocked if they drop down a bit from number six. Again, coaches poll is always a little bit different than the AP poll uh, when these things come out. But this is the first poll that we get, the uh, coaches poll, the preseason AFCA Coaches poll here in college football. Alabama 1, Ohio State 2, Georgia 3, Clemson 4, 
Notre Dame five and Michigan six. We'll talk more about the Wolverines and the Lions coming up next with Dan Leach, the host of the Detroit City Cast for us here at VSIM, presented by Bet Rivers. You find that on vsin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And you see Dan all across the network here uh, at VSIN and, of course, uh, hosting locally. Um, they're in Detroit. So get his thoughts on the viral video of Jamal Williams uh, getting his team pumped up in what was the Hard Knocks uh, teaser clip that found its way on the internet here on Monday. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VEASAN. VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Scott Sandenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can follow along on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. 4-0 on the baseball picks here on Monday. We'll go through uh, Tuesday's baseball board coming up about a half an hour or so from now, so you want to make sure that you tune in to that. But let's talk a little football. Maybe we'll get into baseball as well. But we're joined now by our very own Dan Leach. You see him all across the network here. On VSIN, uh, Dan is a host of the uh, Chicago, uh, excuse me, Detroit CityCast, which is uh, presented by Bet Rivers for us here at VSIN. You can find it on vsin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And he hosts locally on 97.1 The Ticket there in Detroit. So, Dan, let me ask you about your Lions. Uh, how many times did you watch, <laughs> excuse me, that Jamal Williams video, the little Hard Knocks teaser that surfaced on the internet today. I'm up to, I think, 740 times. And, uh, <laughs> you know, listen, you, you got to take what you can when you're a Lions fan. Uh, let me just tell this guy. You know, I have no clue if Dan Campbell's the right guy. I think Brad Holmes, the general manager, Brad Sherlock Holmes, as I call him, is the right guy. But I can tell you this. America's going to fall in love with Dan Campbell. And I, I, I sure hope he's the right coach because with the talent the Lions are building via Brad Holmes and obviously the Stafford trade and through the draft, and the fact that they've got a top five offensive line, in my opinion, they've got good skill players. They've got this ridiculously loyal and hungry fan base. This could be a really special year. I don't think the Lions are a playoff team this year, but the hard knocks effect, the motivation, seeing the different stories, getting people around the country to root for us because we're such a Cubs sad sack franchise. 
I'm, I'm all in for it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I just hope it translates to at least six, seven, eight wins throughout the season. That next year, in 2023, when Aaron Rodgers decides to go to Neptune, maybe the Lions can win the division for the first time in almost 30 years. You mentioned the hard knocks effect. Do you think it will affect the betting lines and the futures market for this team? Because we always see the teams that aren't hard knocks, people tend to fall for them and uh, maybe look at them with rose-colored glasses because that's the way that HBO paints them. It's a great question, and, and let me put it this way. The Lions aren't the Cowboys. I mean, everyone thinks the Cowboys are America's team. Well, America's team sucks, but they're not going to be bet like the Cowboys. But that being said, people in Wyoming, people in the heart of Texas, people you know in Maine are going to – they're football fans. They might not have a team that they root for are going to fall in love with the Lions, I think, because they know that we haven't won in forever. I really think Dan Campbell is going to just completely blow people away, and he's a very motivational and energetic guy. Kind of reminds me of myself on a much smaller scale. But it's it's one of these things where I don't know if it's going to be enough to affect the betting lines, that being said, but the Lions have been a good team, even when they've been bad, even last year, they covered the majority of their games. And at one point, I believe they were one game off of the Cowboys for the best spread record in the NFL because they were obviously always underdogs for the most part. And I think that this year the Lions are still going to be dogs in a lot of their games. But if they get off to a decent start, Vegas might catch up and give them, you know, two, three less points than they would have last year. And they've gotten better with talent-wise anyway. They got Aiden Hutchinson. They have Jamison Williams, who hopefully can be healthy with that offensive line and, uh, you know, blocking for golf and, and, and DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson, Hockahan. They're going to score a lot of points. The defense is the question mark. Can they be a defense that keeps them? in games doesn't make the Lions offense score in the 30s or 40s. So I think that that's got to be taken into account. And I think that there's going to be a lot more people betting on the Lions than would have would been if there was no hard knocks. But the Lions still have to you know perform out there. And if the Lions start getting blown out in the first three, four weeks, people are going to stay away from betting on them. Three wins last year, a total of six and a, six and a half posted on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Is that number a little yep. too high? Listen, I, I took it at six, Scott, months ago, uh, actually before the draft, and I thought that was the perfect number. I still think, listen, we know this NFL going back to 2001 with the, the you know, the eighth division format, four teams each division, this true era of parity. Teams can go worse to first all the time. I don't expect the Lions to go from last place to first place this year, but I think that doubling their win total, a three win, one, you know, tie team, I think they can get to seven wins in a 17-game schedule. Seven, eight wins would probably be the ceiling. They've got some easy games on their schedule. They're playing the Jaguars. They're playing the Seahawks. They're playing, you know, they're playing some teams they can definitely beat. And in the division, to me, when you look at Green Bay, yeah, they're the class of the division right now. I think Minnesota's still middling, and we'll see what happens with their new regime there. I think the Bears are going to be terrible, and I know that Justin Strawberry Field's going to end up being something, but I think the Bears didn't really improve themselves, and they got a whole new system going on there in Chicago. So the Lions, I think, can get the seven or eight wins. So the number, to me, I know I was looking at Bet Rivers at six and a half over minus 134. I don't like laying that kind of juice right now, but I definitely would never go higher than six and a half. I think that number is exactly where it should be. Uh, I wish, you know, everyone could have gotten at six when I did. Maybe there's, you know, you can take six as an alternate number minus a little more juice. But to me, I think the Lions win seven games. They can go seven and ten. They can go, you know, eight and nine. And in a 17-game schedule on this day's NFL with the kind of offensive line and the kind of defense the Lions, I think, will have this year, an improved defense. And Okuda's back, by the way. I didn't even mention him. The corner that was on a top-five draft pick a couple years ago and got hurt. This could be a team that wins seven, eight games and is competitive in the high majority of them this year. Is DeAndre Swift the best running back that no one talks about? I think he is. He's a fantasy monster, Scott. As you know, he's a a prop monster. If he – go back about 10 years or so now. 
the Lions had a guy running back named Javon Best out of California. Mm-hmm. When, he, when he was healthy, Scott, the last 10 games he was healthy, the Lions were 9-1 and one with him. If DeAndre Swift can stay healthy, obviously they're different kind of running backs, but if he can stay healthy, the guy can catch it out of the flat. He's obviously a great running back himself from the backfield. He's got you know the thunder lightning with Jamal Williams. He could be a really, really like top-level running back. I'm not saying he's going to lead the NFL in rushing or anything, but he's the kind of guy that can get you the yardage you need on the third down. He can catch a pass for a touchdown. And you're right. I mean, the Lions aren't a, bit, a much talked-about team to begin with, but Swift is – you look at fantasy. I mean, obviously, our fantasy league here, the famous UFFL that I've been in for 30 years, everyone takes Swift way higher than he should be. But nationally, people should look at this guy because he is going to be a factor this year. He's going to be an impact player. Over-under of 850-and-a-half for uh, DeAndre Swift. Might be a little bit low, but then again, he does get a lot of receiving yards as well, which could take away from the rushing yards. Uh, Let's go to the college game. Uh, The coaches poll comes out. Michigan sitting at number six. Is that a little bit too high for a team that might be in transition this year? It's no secret I'm a big Michigan homer, but I can be objective. I think it's too high. Let me explain why it's too high now. But it might not be, you know, going forward. I know the Vison College Football Guide came out. Michigan was number five in the power rankings. They are capable of being a top five type team. The problem, though, Scott, is that they don't know who the quarterback is. Will it be Cade McNamara, who's obviously not nearly as talented as J.J. McCarthy, but took them to the playoff last year and their first Big Ten title since 2003, their first ever trip to Indy and first ever trip to the playoff. Or will it be J.J. McCarthy, who is clearly the more talented player, but didn't really, you know, get a ton of seasoning last year. He was in there on different plays and was able to run the ball and run some series. That being said, it's the defense that's the key. Brand new coordinator, no Ajabo, no Aiden Hutchinson, no Dax Hill. They lost a lot of pieces on defense, but they returned 13 starters. They've got a cake schedule to open up the year. They should be 4-0 easy before they go to the game in Iowa on October 1st, the revenge game for the Big Ten title game. And if they are the kind of team early that looks like they're you know, still recovering maybe from some of the big losses on defense, but are filling in the gaps with a lot of great talent they still have on this team, they're going to be a team that could be in the, you know, in the race with the Big Ten and Ohio State all year long. It could be a, a nationally, you know, a national team that has a chance to, dare I say, go to back-to-back playoffs. I don't think it's going to happen, Scott. I hope I'm wrong. But six is a little high right now. That being said, they are capable of being, definitely capable of being a top-five team. Any concern on the offensive side with the loss of Josh Gaddis? Yeah, you know, the Gaddis situation was uh, very interesting. And, you know, it looked like Harbaugh, because he was, you know, perpetually flirting with the NFL, was going to go. And, I, you know, basically from what I've been told, Gaddis was almost told it was his team and that he, it wasn't his team and he was frustrated and had to leave. So, you know, the, the, Lions, the Wolverines have to find a way to, you know, replace a guy that I thought was really starting to get a groove. And without him there... And the way he was able to have Cade McNamara, there's there's a lot of you know stuff to come on with Sharon Moore and Matt White's coming in now as the offensive coordinators. So it's he, it's a big loss, but I do trust Harbaugh. I did it for a couple of years. I think that Harbaugh knows what he's doing. Obviously, last year was incredible. So we have to see, obviously, with new coordinators on both sides. Because McDonald's gone as well. Uh, he went back to the Ravens. Mike McDonald, who did a great job with the defense last year. So it's going to be a feeling out period. I'm, I'm getting good reports from from uh, fall camp so far. 
that there's a lot of synergy between the two sides of the ball, but nothing, we're not going to know anything until they start playing games. They figure out who the quarterback is and, and God, I hope they don't go with a two quarterback system. Uh, and that would be because, you know, it worked with Chris Lee and Tim Tebow and basically nobody else ever. <laughs> so that's a big question for me. And I want to make sure that doesn't happen, but you want to make sure you have the best situation out there. Maybe that ends up being the best situation where Kane McNamara starts a game, McCarthy comes in. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But as far as the you know the loss of Gaddis, it's tough because the offense was gelling, the defense was gelling. Obviously, you lost some players as well. But I want to see how these new coordinators are able to do in their first year. That's a big question mark early in the year. But like I said, Scott, they've got a very very easy schedule to start the game, you know the year off. Colorado State, they're almost a thirty point favorite. Hawaii, they'll be even a bigger favorite. Connecticut, they'll be even a bigger favorite. And then Maryland's not going to be winning the big house. So they should be four zero easy. They can get their legs stretched and figure out what's going on with the offense, and then get ready for that huge game at Iowa on October 1st in those stupid pink locker rooms. Optimistic Dan Leach. Dan, do me a favor. Hang on with me through the break. Let's talk a little Major League Baseball on the other side, all right? He's Dan Leach, host of the uh, Detroit CityCast for us, presented by Bet Rivers, available on vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Scott Satterberg. No pink locker room in here. This is The Look Ahead here on vcin. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. The college football guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over/under recommendations. Plus, our best season win total bets. Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VSIN All Access subscriber. Sign up for VSIN All Access today and get everything we offer for the entire football season, including our upcoming pro football betting guide. Subscribe now at vsin.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. We are rejoined now by our very own Dan Leach. You hit him up on Twitter at Dan Leach971. He's a host on 971 The Ticket in Detroit and hosts the Detroit City Cast for us, presented by Bet Rivers, available on vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from. Dan, let's talk a little Major League Baseball, an exciting weekend. Uh, We saw the new-look Padres maybe get a little bit of a reality check from the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, in a three-game sweep over the weekend. Well, Scott, you know the people like you and I are smart, so we bet the Padres or whoever these other teams are months ago. I did have a a future sticking on the Padres of 30-1, and I obviously took a chance without T.S. being back healthy. And I had no clue they were going to get the best young player in the game of Juan Soto. But yeah, I mean, that was a reality check. That being said, aside from this Padres bullpen, which isn't terrible, but it definitely, you know, causes me a little, you know, pause at times. This is a team up and down that lineup, up and down the, you know, the starting rotation that is really, really, really good. And obviously the Dodgers are a better team because they've been to the World Series. They want it. They know what's going on. I mean, they, they have the, the, the history and much more experience than the Padres have in recent years. But I, I, I feel great about the 30-1 thing. I know it's going, it's gone way down. Obviously, I think it's under 10-1 to 1 now or around that. 
Um, you look at guys like Profar and Soto and and Alfaro and and just obviously Manny Machado, uh, you know, coming back from all the different things that he's had to deal with. I still think the Padres are have a great chance of making a move in the National League. But for now, the Dodgers said, "Listen, hey, you guys can take all the headlines you want. We're going to beat you." And until the Padres can do it when it matters, you know, hopefully potential AL uh, or NL uh, CS series, nothing matters. But I, I love the future thinking that I've got on that because I just believe that this was a team that was, you know, they didn't get it done last year. They, they seemed like they were on the right track, but they're kind of playing to a crescendo now. There's enough time left in this regular season with Juan Soto being a new member of the team and trying to kind of gel with him and see what he can do. And listen, they're 11 over 500 even with that sweep. And I, I want to see what they can do the rest of the year to, to you know, kind of have momentum going into the playoffs and not fail like they have in recent years when they've gotten to the playoffs. Are the Mets the team to beat, though, when you watch what Jacob DeGrom did on Sunday? Oh. A one-two punch of Scherzer and DeGrom in a seven-game series? I find it hard to believe they're going to lose four games. Yeah, Scott, there is no better team. I mean, listen, the Dodgers have five more wins than the Mets, but they, there's no better one-two punch. Obviously, Kershaw's been banged up. Uh, and I'll do respect to Justin Verlander. It's not the same kind of one-two punch um, in, in Houston. The Yankees are a great team as well. Uh, but when you look at the Mets at 70 and 39 and what they were able to do, uh, you know, just really kind of, you know, just shouting again, listen, we are really a, a solid team and just making, uh, you know, mincemeat of a team that's really good uh, in Atlanta. I think this Mets team is unbelievable. And listen, I, I'm cheering for the Padres, but I think the smart money right now as far as just the way the team is made up and the way they've been playing, and in fact, they've scored 523 runs. Uh, you know, they have, they've got a plus 111 run differential. They're just, they're up and down so strong and well managed as well. The Mets are the team that I would pick to win the National League if I had like a mythical thousand dollars right now. Obviously, I'm going to cheer for my Padres, but they're going to be very tough to beat in the seven game series. And obviously, in a shorter one as well, if that ever happened, uh, the Mets are incredible. But listen, let's not forget. About who is going to come out of the Central? St. Louis is not nearly as good, in my opinion, obviously as the Dodgers or Mets. But them and the Brewers could end up being, you know, kind of a spoiler for one of those bigger teams. So maybe you're only going to get one, whether it's the Dodgers, Mets, or you know, uh, Mets and Padres, one of those two teams. And then there'll be a spoiler with the Cardinals when it gets to the second round. Uh, that's it's going to be a fascinating NL playoffs. I'm much more excited about the National League playoffs than I am about the, the American League playoffs because I think the Yankees are just going to run through the American League and. You know, the Astros will be there as well, and it'll be kind of a battle between those two. I don't really trust in the Twins or the Guardians or anyone from the AL Central. And, you know, you look at the NL West, I mean, the Mariners aren't going to – they might be a, a wild card team. They're not going to beat the Astros in this series. So I think the National League playoffs are going to be fascinating. And the Mets and the Potters and the Dodgers, definitely the class of the National League right now. Tough times in Detroit, you know. Uh, you can only think back to 2014 so many times, Dan. Yeah, listen. I'll just tell you. Uh, you know, I, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people on the fire Alvila train here. The rebuild has taken over six years now. Uh, you know, they've got these great young players like Casey Mize, who I know is hurt right now, but Jackson Joe, of course, Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson. There are pieces here in Detroit, but the general manager seems to be going backwards. The franchise seems to be going backwards, and you know, they went to the World Series twice. In 06 and 2012, they had an amazing team. In 2013, they basically had 10 years uh, of contention with Jim Leland and then leading into the Brad Austin's awful era. And I just hope that they can get their stuff going because you've got – we just retired Lou Whitaker's number here over the weekend, one of my all-time favorite athletes. It was almost a sellout at Comerica Park. They've barely drawn 20,000 at times this year. To get – there's so many great baseball fans in, in Detroit. If they can get this team back on track 
It'll be so nice to see. I miss going on a Tuesday, Wednesday night to Comerica Park and see JV pitch with 38,000 people there and Max Scherzer and all those other guys. I, I want to see that with the Casey Mises of the world, the Matt Mannings of the world, you know, the end of the Gal Cabrera's career. I want to see some buzz and electricity in Comerica Park, aside from when I was at Mickey's 3,000 hit game, which was awesome, or retired Lou Whitaker's number, but games that matter for playoff series or, or to get to a World Series or, do I say it, to win a World Series. It feels like it's only been about 10 years, but it feels like it's been 40 years since the last time the Tigers had meaningful playoff-type games at Comerica Park. Dan, appreciate the time and the conversation. As always, my friend, we'll catch up again soon. Uh, the pleasure and honor, as always, the pleasure and honor is mine. He's Dan Leach, host of the Detroit CityCast for us, presented by Bet Rivers, available on vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And, of course, hosts locally in Detroit, 97-1, the ticket. Uh, speaking of the Tigers, on Tuesday they face the Guardians, and they are heavy underdogs with Shane Bieber on the hill for the Guardians and Tyler Alexander going for Detroit. Yeah, tough times indeed for the Tigers. Going to get into the full Major League Baseball card coming up a little about 10 minutes or so from now. Go through the entire card here for Tuesday. Results from Monday, the Orioles win as an underdog, beating the Blue Jays 7-4. The Mets took care of the Reds 5-1. Cubs with a 6-3 win over the Nationals. It was the Angels, a 1-0 win over the A's. Jose Suarez struck out eight batters. The Diamondbacks with a 3-0 win over the Pirates. Zach Gowan, absolutely tremendous in this one. Gowan goes seven innings of three-hit ball. He struck out eight, did not allow a single run. The uh, Giants extend the Padres' scoreless streak to about 20 innings or so. They win one nothing, and the Yankees with a 9-4 victory over the Mariners as Aaron Judge hits home run number 44 to snap the Yankees' five-game losing skid. Um, plays that we had, we went 4-0 on the vcin.com Daily Best Bets page. We had the Orioles plus a run and a half as our top play of the day. Didn't even need the run and a half because the Orioles went out there, won the game outright. Also took the over five in the first five innings between the Orioles and the Blue Jays, and um, that went over. There was a 5-1 lead for the Orioles after five innings. We had the Mets laying a half a run at very heavy juice in the first five innings, but that was an easy winner there. Um, and then the Giants uh, at a plus a run and a half against the Padres didn't even need the um, plus a run and a half uh, there. So a good day, 4-0 for us on the overall card. And, of course, a play of the day winner as well with the Orioles plus a run and a half. This was a short baseball card on Monday. Still had four plays, but there wasn't, you know, it was a good thing that I liked actually, you know, two of these games. Um, but a much bigger normal slate of games coming up here on Tuesday. So coming up next, let's go through the baseball board here for Tuesday. We'll go through the pitching matchups and we'll see if we can pick out anything that jumps out to us early on here on this board that could potentially be plays for us here on Wednesday, uh, no day games as one four o'clock Eastern time start, part of a double header between the White Sox and the Royals. So we'll get to that Major League Baseball card coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. You can hit us all up on the network 
at vsin live and i always tweet out when the baseball card is updated on the vsin.com daily best bets page so if you are not a vsin subscriber better do yourself a favor and become one to get full access to those bets this is the look ahead here on vsin the sports betting network VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Back here on The Look Ahead, I'm Scott Seidenberg on VSIN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare in the sports betting network let's take a look at the major league baseball board for your tuesday august 9th Action gets started with game one of a doubleheader between the White Sox and the Royals at 4 o'clock Eastern time. Lance Lynn goes up against uh, Brady Singer. No, excuse me, no line out on this one just yet because uh, usually with doubleheaders, these things get kind of all mixed up and the announced pitching matchup that we think we're going to get, we probably don't get for game one. We The probables are switched to game two, so it's all messed up. But the game two doubleheader, uh, should no starting pitchers are announced at all just yet, so not sure what we're going to get between the White Sox and the Royals. We do know that Lance Lynn and Singer will pitch at least one of these two games. Uh, then the rest of the night's late. The Marlins take on the Phillies. Braxton Garrett goes for Miami. Zach Wheeler for the Phillies, Philadelphia minus 240 with a total of seven and a half. The, uh, I probably would lean Philly there with Zach Wheeler on the bump. Um, that is a heavily juiced price. If you're looking at maybe the Phillies on a run line, I'm seeing it at minus 110, which that's fine with me. Don't hate that, uh, even though I don't really like run lines with home teams, but... Zach Wheeler should have the edge there in this matchup. Blue Jays take on the Orioles. Alec Manoa on the hill for Toronto. Kyle Bradish goes for the uh, Orioles. The Orioles just upset the Blue Jays here on Monday, looking to make it two straight over Toronto on Tuesday. Blue Jays minus 170 with a total of eight and a half. Um, hard to bet against Alec Manoa. Really is. Especially in a first five setting um, especially when the juice is not going to be that high. 
uh, tough to go against the guy who has just been so, so good this season for Toronto. Braves take on the Red Sox. Charlie Morton against Rich Hill. Atlanta minus 160, total of 9.5. Haven't liked what I've seen from Rich Hill pitching for the Red Sox. His last outing gave up four runs in just three innings to Houston, three runs to the Cubs before that. So, uh, can see this Atlanta lineup getting to him a bit on Tuesday. Uh, Reds take on the Mets. Cookie Carrasco on the hill with his 12-4 record. Goes up against Mike Miner and the Mets. Massive favorites. Minus 320. Total of 8.5. Mets on the run line is minus 144. But Mike Miner, you want to talk about a guy who has just been terrible for his team. Mike Miner... Um, has made, let's see, since coming off the IL and returning to baseball on June 3rd, he has made 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 starts. Whew. This dude's like, it's like Yoana Doan territory. He's made 11 starts for the Reds. They are 1 and 10. In those 11 starts. And of those 10 losses. They have all. Only one of them. Excuse me. Only one of those 10 losses. Covered the one and a half run line. That was a 7-6. 10 inning loss. At the Yankees. In which he gave up 5 runs. In 4 innings. Every other one of his losses. Were by more than two runs. Gotta believe the Mets on the run line is the way to go here in this game, even though it is heavily juiced. Uh, Guardians take on the Tigers. Uh, talked about this a little bit before. Shane Bieber gets a start for Cleveland. Tyler Alexander for Detroit. Cleveland is minus 190 with a low total of seven and a half. Nationals take on the Cubbies. Paolo Espino goes for the Nationals. Marcus Stroman for the Cubs. Uh, Chicago minus 205 in this game. But Espino is 0-4 so far on the season. No line out just yet between the Rays and the Brewers. Freddie Peralta gets the start for Milwaukee. Um, and it uh, looks like Jimmy Yacobonis is going to get the start for the um, for the Rays. Yacobonis from uh, Jersey. And let's see what we got here. Yeah, I don't... Let me see if I can find a line on this Rays game. All right, I'm seeing Milwaukee minus 168. Total of eight. 168 from Milwaukee backing Freddie Peralta. Hmm. Might not hate taking a plus money price here on the Rays. I'm seeing plus 142. Don't exactly hate it. Uh, Rangers take on the Astros. You got Martin Perez, who's the best pitcher right now for the Rangers. Jose Urquidy goes for the Astros. Astros minus 178 with a total of eight. While it might be intriguing to take a plus money price with the Texas Rangers. You could get right now, let's see, Rangers. 
plus 150 on the comeback. While that might be appealing with Perez on the hill, he's 9-2 and this year, a sub-3 ERA. So hard to bet against this Astros team. This Astros team is just a machine. They are coming off of back-to-back losses against the Cleveland Guardians. Kind of like the Astros to bounce back here against Perez, but it's 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 a tough game. Don't know if I will play it, but that's just the initial read right now. Cardinals take on the Rockies. Miles Michaelis is on the hill for the Cardinals against Reed Fetner for Colorado. St. Louis minus 178, total of 11. Cardinals are feeling really good about themselves. Coming off of a weekend sweep of the Yankees, are they able to take that same intensity from playing the Yankees and handle their business in Colorado against an inferior Rockies opponent? Uh, the Angels will send Shohei Otani to the mound as they take on the A's and James Caprillion. Angels are minus 190. Total is six and a half. That is just stupid low. And I understand that the offenses are not that great. These lineups are not that great, but this is a Major League Baseball game. And I, I show Otani's, it's not like he's been so unhittable. You know, he had that stretch of not allowing earned runs, and that just quickly went away. Last time against Oakland, uh, three runs on seven hits in five and two-thirds innings. They lost the game three to one. Um, Maybe take a look at the over for that game. Pirates take on the Diamondbacks. You got uh, Zach Thompson going for the Pirates. And for the Diamondbacks, let's get a pitching matchup here on Arizona. Looks like it's going to be Tommy Henry for Arizona. I'm seeing uh, Diamondbacks minus 152 with a total of nine. Giants take on the Padres. Joe Musgrove looking to snap the Padres out of their funk. Alex Cobb goes for the Giants. San Diego minus 178 with a total of seven and a half. The last time that the Padres scored a run was in the, let's see, fourth inning on Saturday against the Dodgers. So that's one, two, three, four, five innings, then 18 innings, Yeah, that's a lot of innings without scoring a run. So Padres offense, new look offense, non-existent at the current moment. Speaking of the Dodgers, they will send Julio Urias to the mound when they take on the Twins. Joe Ryan goes from Minnesota. Dodgers are minus 220 favorites at home. And the Yankees will look to make it two straight over the Mariners. They take on uh, Seattle with Garrett Cole on the mound. And Luis Castillo makes his second start for the Mariners. The last time uh, these two teams faced off against each other, Castillo pitched an absolute, uh, not, not a gem, but he only gave up three runs in six and two-thirds innings. Meanwhile, Garrett Cole got lit up uh, as the um, Mariners scored six runs on three home runs against him. In the first inning, I expect a bounce back from Garrett Cole. Yankees minus 130. 
Coming up this morning on Follow the Money, our very own Matt Humans, senior editor here at VSIN, as well as Adam Kramer, VSIN college football betting guide contributor, will join the program on Follow the Money coming up here on Tuesday morning. You can follow me, Scott Seidenberg, on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. As always, I will tweet out when the Major League Baseball card is up on the vsin.com daily best bets page. This is the look ahead here on vsin. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.